welcome back to Bible Pillars for today. Jesus Christ is saying yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 13.8. I'm so excited and I hope you're excited as well. With this holiday, I'll tell you, everybody's hustling and bustling and excited and just going here and going there. The little bit we can. But we are all having fun. And I'm decorating and just being excited about that. Cleaning up and just doing all kinds of little things. But when you stop and you look back, you like it. So what do you do? You smile. Like God said about his creation, it is good. <laughs> so that's what we say about all the little decorating and the fussing that we're doing. So I hope you're having fun too. So don't do too much where you don't have fun. Where it seems like trouble. Have, just do enough that you have fun and you can laugh a little bit and you can enjoy the fruits of your labor. So I hope you are enjoying the times that you're having. I know we are still under such pain with this COVID-19, but remember, there is peace at the end of the tunnel and there's peace in the midst of the tunnel. So enjoy the peace with God. Remember that. That's who gives us that perfect peace that passes all understanding. And just remember, I'm hoping that you've seen the three videos by now. And I hope that you like them. I hope that you share them. I surely hope that you subscribed. And I hope whoever you share them with, you explained it to them to make sure they subscribe so they could get the next video that gets uploaded. But anyway, with all that being said, be blessed and enjoy the holiday. Just enjoy the family. If you can get around one other family member that you all can stay your distancing, you can put your masks on, you can wash your hands, and you can stay safe. Please make sure you do that. Let's pray. Father, we ask you to open our eyes that we may behold wondrous things out of your law. Let us know it in our head, store it in our heart, show it in our life, and sow it in this world. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, you remember we started um, this Bible prophecy. And as we started the Bible prophecy, we called it the Bible prophecy adventure. And so that's what we're still on. We just took a little detour to do our Christ special. But we're going to get back into our Bible prophecy adventure. With that, it's amazing how this fell into place. And it wasn't something I planned. But we're just celebrating Christ's birth. And you know, I said that Christ was born because he had a mission to accomplish. And we're going to start talking about part of his mission today. We're going to see that the Bible has prophecy, something told before of something to come, about Jesus being the Messiah. Jesus is the Messiah. But it was prophesied that he would come and he would be the Messiah. Do you know, even with that, there are people that did not still believe that he was the Messiah? Well, he is the Messiah. But let's see what the Bible says. What do you think about that? I just figured out something had happened. I didn't push a button I needed to push. 
So we got that taken care of. The word Messiah. The word Messiah means anointed one. Mm. So Jesus comes as the anointed one. And so we're going to find out what Bible prophecy say about that. Bible prophecy confirms that Jesus was the true Messiah. Over 500 years before Jesus was born of Mary, Daniel was given an amazing prophecy which predicted the exact year Jesus was to appear as the Messiah. Isn't that interesting? That it was really given to us when he will appear as the Messiah. Luke 24, 27. Luke 24, 27 says this. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning him. We're talking about God had already talked about the things that were concerning him. Then it lets us know that one of our notes, remember we said that we don't have any prophecy that told of a day where we could count down years to see when Jesus would be born. It just gave us a prophetic word that he would be born and how he would be born. And so we have to know that there is, um, in Matthew 1, 18-25, it tells us Jesus' birth, but we, and we did get an Old Testament that told us that he would be born as well. And he would be born by conception by a virgin. Um, so, you know, we have to know that we don't worship the day, but worship Jesus Christ, the one, that little baby. Do you remember when, a um, little bit of review, remember when we were studying, we first started our prophecy adventure, we were studying Revelation, and we studied through that study, a couple of texts that gave us some symbolic meaning. One of the symbolic meaning that we're going to talk about today comes from Ezekiel 4.6. Ezekiel 4.6. The other text is Numbers 14.34. Numbers 13, not 13, sorry. Numbers 14.34. Repeated Numbers 14 34. And both of those texts tell us that each day represents a year. So when we're talking about prophecy and they're saying a day, it's actually meaning a year as well. The day represents the year and prophetic symbolism. Using these methods, most scholars assume a date of the birth between, of Jesus Christ's birth, between 6 and 4 B.C., that B.C. is before Christ, and that Jesus' preaching began around A.D., that would be after his dissension, 27 through 29, and latest would be three and a half years that his ministry would have 
um, he would have been doing ministry three and a half years. And it says, they calculate the death of Jesus as, as having taken place just between A.D. 30 and, or, and A.D. 36. So chronologically, they're trying to put everything in perspective for us to understand. Look at this, Daniel 9. Daniel 9, and you remember we studied that. Revelation and Daniel, you studied them together. Daniel 9, 24 to 27. Daniel 9, 24 to 27. It says, 70 weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city to finish the transgression and to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring in everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy. This, this 70 weeks, this when you do the, the math, 70 weeks and it's seven days in a week. So you do 70 weeks times the seven days in a week gives you 490 years. So in this 490 year span, it's a warning about a destruction that the Jews would experience in their, um, in their city, in their city there. So it says that this was a privileged time that God had promised the Jews. They had to, you know, what we all saying that old people say, uh, straighten up and fly right. They were given an opportunity to get it right with God. Let's look at, that was verse 24. Let's look at verse 25. Verse 25 says this, Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and to build Jerusalem unto the Messiah, the prince shall be, Seventy weeks and three score and two weeks. The street should be built again. And the wall, even in troublous times. So that destruction that I was talking about, we, he was given a time that it would happen um, there in Jerusalem. But then he allowed the decree to be given to restore Jerusalem, and that would have been B.C. 457, B.C. 457. And then it said that it would be restored, and it would be restored and built, Jerusalem, the, um, the walls and, and all of it would be built back up because it had been torn down because it had been invaded. It had been invaded. It was rebuilt in B.C. 408. Because when you see the 70 weeks, remember, seven weeks, and then you have seven days. And each one of those weeks, when you time them, that's when you're getting your, um, your, um, your, your years. You're getting your years. That was at, um, I think that's 749. No, 49 um, years. That's what it is. Because it's seven times the seven, seven weeks, seven days in a week. 
and that makes the 49, sorry about that, 49 years that we're talking about. So all of this, he's giving all these prophetic dates, but he's given a timeline. And in that timeline, he's showing you how these things will come to pass. He's showing you the decree to rebuild, the rebuilding, the Messiah would come. So that made Christ's baptism be A.D. 27. And at his baptism is when he was anointed the Messiah. He was born as a babe. He was not the Messiah at that time. But once he was baptized, anointed by the Holy Spirit, he became the Messiah, the anointed one, the anointed one. And that was A.D. 27. It is amazing. Let's keep reading, though. You're going to see now. So they've actually given us, prophetically, it was written for us to know that Jesus would be baptized A.D. 27 because it was given in prophetic um, wording through a timeline, timeline. So 26, it says, and after, and remember we're still Daniel 9, we're in verse 26, and after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off. His crucifixion would occur, okay? So, 62 weeks, that would be the 62 years. Mm -hmm. So, 62 weeks, 62 years. After then, would be, it would be when the Messiah would be cut off. He would be crucified. This was, this was being predicted that this would happen. This was prophesied that this would happen. But, not for himself, he was not going to die. Because remember, he was sinless. So, and the people of the prince that should come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. They're going to tear it down. And the end thereof shall be with a flood and unto the end of the war. Desolations and desolations are the determination. Determined. Determined. So it's, in other words, God had said it was going to be destruction and that's what he meant. It was going to be destruction. He cried over. In fact, um, it talked about how he cried over Jerusalem as he looked at Jerusalem. And he mourned over Jerusalem because he knew that it would be torn down. In fact, we'll read something about that in a minute. We'll read verse 27 out of Daniel 9. The 27 it says, And he shall confirm the covenant with many. For one week. So you know you only have seven days and one week. And then it says, And in the midst of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. And for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate. Even until the consummation and that determined shall be power upon the desolation. Let me read it in a summary what all that is. Okay, years, the fall of 27 AD. Okay, 27 AD. That was when Jesus was baptized. And you reach then the spring of 31 AD 
when Jesus was crucified. And then Jesus caused the sacrifice on the cross. If you remember, on the cross, he caused that the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. Because he, as the Lamb of God, was slain. The last lamb to be slain. And his death on the cross made animal sacrifices no longer necessary. So if you remember, the, the, the curtain in the sanctuary tore in half. No more did the priest have to stand before God for human people. We could stand before God for ourselves. We could stand. And Jesus is our lamb. He's our mediator between us and God. And so that is what all of that is talking about. But it's showing you how when we say that God did not give us a specific day to be able to, or a year, to be able to say when his birth was, we're saying it because he actually gave the day, the year that Jesus would be cut off as well as he had given already when Jesus would be baptized. So when Jesus was baptized, he was anointed. And as he was anointed, that's when he became the Messiah. And let's read the text to see where that comes from. It says, um, and this would have appeared, um, it says, the Messiah is Hebrew for anointed, and Christ is Greek for the same. Though Jesus was the Son of God, he was not the Messiah or anointed one until he was anointed by the Holy Ghost at the time of his baptism. Let's read Acts 10.38. Acts 10.38. It says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. So Acts let us know that Jesus was anointed at that time. And that's when he became the Messiah. And also, let's look at um, let's look at uh, Luke 3. Yes, Luke 3, 1 and 3. Luke 3, 1 and 3. And it talks about um, the event took place. Is proving to us the time of his baptism. It's talking about, you can write that one, that text down, Luke 3, 1 and 3. Because it's just talking about, it was the 15th year of Tabarus um, Caesar when he was king at that time. And, and uh, he was emperor. And um, it's letting us know that was during the time of 27 A.D. And so that's how we can know that's the time when Jesus was baptized. So that's what that text is letting us know about. So it's all been pro uh, prophetically given, but praise God for keeping the text to let us know. Also, Luke 3, 21 through 23. Luke 3, 21 to 23. It says, after 
all the people had been baptized, Jesus also was baptized. While he was praying, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit came down upon him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my own dear son. I am pleased with you. When Jesus began his work, he was about 30 years old. He was the son. So people thought of Joseph, who was the son of Eli. Now, wait. Did you all know that the Bible actually told us he was 30 years old when he started ministry? Did you ever know that? Did you ever read that? It actually says that in verse 23, Luke 3, 23. When Jesus began his work, he was about 30 years old. Isn't that something? So he was able to do ministry for three, about three and a half years. Three and a half years before he was cut off. But remember that was prophesied. He would be cut off. So what did Jesus preach about after his baptism? Well, we do know he went off into the wilderness. We do know that. And him and Satan had some time there. And praise God, he defeated Satan. But in Mark, Mark 1, verse 14 and 15. Mark 1, verse 14 and 15. says, Now after that John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye, and believe the gospel. Repent ye, and believe the gospel. So he was preaching for that people would know that the time was at hand that the kingdom of God was present and that people needed to repent and to believe the gospel. What was the gospel? It's good news. Good news of the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And then it talks a little bit more even about this Mark 1.15 and Daniel 9. 24 to 27 where we were reading some of it where it was talking about it had predicted it says Jesus began his ministry with a clear awareness that the time predicted had arrived and his ministry of three and a half years was to be climaxed by his being cut off John 2 19 or which says this Jesus answered and said unto them, Destroy this temple. He's talking about his body. See, he was looking out at Jerusalem. They thought he was talking about Jerusalem. And they were thinking to themselves, they done took all these years to build this, and now you're going to tear it down? And he says, In three days I will raise it up again. And then, so how are you going to build this city back in three days? And it took us years. So, you know, total on a different line. That's, they were told on different subjects. But that's what Jesus had warned them. He was telling them of his soon coming death. But he was telling them of his resurrection as well. 
So Jesus, the anointed one. Why did Jesus die or be cut off upon the cross? Why did Jesus die or be cut off upon the cross? Now remember, he's come as a little babe. And soon we will be celebrating he gave his life for the world. Isn't that interesting? Well, the answer to why Jesus came to die or allowed himself to be cut off upon the cross was John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Amen? Now, whosoever. So, when he died, did he die for everyone? Did he die for everyone? You know, you get some people, they seem to keep wanting to say that we live in predestination. That we were predestined to do this. We were predestined to do that. Well, i tell you what. I sure don't want to be one of the ones to believe that I was predestined to die and not make it into heaven. That wouldn't be feeling very nice to me. So I don't believe in that predestination that your journey is going to be this and you're going to end up some in heaven and some's not going to make it. That's not the case. Because when he died, he said, whosoever believe. That means all of us, no matter our skin color, no matter what our, our, our status is, it doesn't matter. Whosoever believe it. And then we have 1 John 2.2 2, that helps us understand that. 1 John 2.2. 2. And it says this. And he is the propitiation for our sins. And not for ours only. But also for the, whole, for the sin of the whole world. Now listen. Did that mean he died for everyone? Yes, it does. So when you talk to someone and they say that they're too bad or they've done things too bad, let them know it doesn't matter. Jesus died for the whole world, for everyone, no matter how bad you think you've been. Jesus knew that, and that's why he gave his life, so that you could have life. And I could have life eternally. With that, I just want to ask you a question. Can you claim that Jesus is the Messiah after reading the text that predicted that he would be the Messiah and told when he would come and become the Messiah? Can you believe that? Is he the Messiah? Well, if you believe he's the Messiah, the anointed one, the one was cut off for your sins and my sins and the sins of the world, I want to give you the opportunity to, to accept him. Accept him and serve Jesus as your Savior and Lord. Let him be your Messiah, your anointed one. Be the one in your life that lead you to the promised land, which is to the new earth 
after being in heaven with him. Don't you want to go? You know, trips are being planned right now. And we don't know exactly what year we're going to be able to make those trips. But people are planning those trips because we're tired of being cooped up in the homes. But you know what? There's a trip we could all plan to go to. And we don't have to worry about having first class, second class tickets. We'll all go the same class. And I'm excited. And I'm waiting on the opportunity to make that trip. Because on that trip, we'll never come back to the stress and the pressures that we're facing in the world today. So let's pray and ask God to be our Lord and Savior. To be the one that lead and guide our life. And ask the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, to guide us into all truth. Will you be willing to do that with me today? Let's pray. Father, we're so thankful for being able to study the word. There's a lot to ingest. But thank you, Father, for the word. Because we can go back and we can take our times and read the scriptures again. Prayerfully. After we pray and we read. And your Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, will bring all remembrance and all truths to us. So Holy Ghost, fill us today with your Holy Spirit and the power that we will follow after you and that we will lead others to you. We pray that you will forgive us for our sins. 1 John 1.9 says that you are faithful and just to forgive us for our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, all wrongdoing, and we ask you to come into our life and live with us and to allow us to then tell others about you. So, Father, we thank you for giving your life, for your, giving us your son, and Jesus, we thank you for giving your life for us. We bless your name. We praise you. In Jesus' name, Remember, like, share, and definitely subscribe to the video so that you can get the next upload. We love you, and we pray that you've had a wonderful Christmas and going to have an excellent New Year 2021. God bless you.